Hello and welcome to Mirror Talk. We have moments where we just have to pause. Just pause and take a break and reflect on life. Remember, you are strong, you are enough, you are capable, you are blessed and you are loved. Your moment of greatness starts now. Today's guest is a friend of mine. I've known him for quite a while now. Um, he's a graduate of Cambridge University, UK, and currently works as a product manager. It's awesome to have you here, brother. How are you doing, John? Hey, Toby. Yeah, I'm doing very well, thanks. Uh, I hope you're doing well, too. Um, and uh, thank you very much for the opportunity to have me here. Thanks so much for, you know, honoring my invitation. I appreciate that. Um, you, you might you might, you might, <laughs> you might, not like what, you might not, might not like what I'm about to say, but... Um, I really admire your resilience, your hard work, your friendship, and your kind heart. Um, you know, <laughs> I'm going to say this just anyway. I, I can remember, I can remember back in those days when you were, you know, very busy producing music for people, but you still made out the, the time to help me with one of my uh, one of my music, right? As in my one and only produced music, actually in Nigeria. Oh, I can man. never, never, never forget that. <laughs> oh man, oh man, this guy has to bring that up. I mean, <laughs> yeah, of course. Thank you so much. <laughs> I mean, something I can never forget. <laughs> bro, bro, come on, man. Like, honestly, it's the least I could do. Honestly, like, you know, yeah, it, we're, we're, I was just sort of enjoying uh, production then, and yeah, it's the least I could do for a friend, to be honest. I mean, that that was very, very kind of you free of charge yeah, yeah. <laughs> like bro that. do you still even have the track on your phone please if you do send it to me <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, for, it's on, it's on sound, soundcloud <laughs> uh, oh, for, for real, huh? honest i don't have the i don't even have most of the yeah, like my tracks anyway anyway but yeah it would be good mm. to actually uh see it <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so man. um can, can you like as in i'm very excited to hear about this um i've not really asked you this question before um can you share your story, you know, the story about you moving from, from Nigeria and settling in the UK? How, how was that to you like? Yeah, I mean, uh, so it all started when I was, you know, I think senior secondary school around, I think as I stood thereabouts, that was when the whole uh, conversation started with my dad about obviously relocating to a different country. But, you know, it was just talks then. And, you know, before I knew it, the whole process started. The plan was to take me along, but the, mm -hmm. I, my, my plan was sort of dependent on it. So if you were to, you know, successfully relocate, I was going to as well. So, yeah, the whole mm -hmm. process started. And as you, you know, as you know, it, I, in the meantime, I was uh, doing mechanical engineering in, uh, in UI back, back then. And yes. uh, at that time, it was starting to become uh, more real. You know, there was a higher chance that it was actually going to happen. Um, mm. so, you, you know, all glory be to God, everything went all right. And, uh, yeah, eventually moved to the UK to join my dad and, uh, yeah, yeah, the rest is history. Wow. <laughs> and that's great. And uh, uh, that journey has been, has been good, right? I mean, it has been so far so good. Yeah. Yes. Nice. I, yes, it has. I mean, then for me making the decision to, uh, leave the country because again, as you know, how these things work, you would have, uh, people who are for it and people are against it. It could be family, it could be friends, right? And so it was mm -hmm. not like as straightforward as that because um, I, was, I was already doing my university in Nigeria. So there was an option to finish my university in Nigeria and uh, come to the UK for master's, for example, and relocate. But it's, it wasn't as easy as that because I was coming on a residency to join my dad. So he has to be 
then and there, you know. And yeah. uh, obviously, my music was also kind of going on because I was into music production then as well. And I felt like if I'd moved away from Nigeria, I was kind of going to uh, drop my momentum a, li- a little bit. But looking at everything now, I think definitely uh, it's been a good journey, made the right call. And uh, yeah, God has just been there for me all the way. So yeah, definitely it's been an amazing journey. Not to say there haven't been challenges and things like that, obviously, but you know it's been it's been very good overall. Thank God. Yeah, picking picking and picking up from that challenges, you know, um, we experience dark, low, and very sad moments in life, right? Um, Absolutely. Are, are there some of this? Are there some of these moments you would love to talk about, just in to my, let go of them at this moment? In my journey to come, my journey coming to the UK, or ever since I've been in the UK. No, just generally, like any dark moment you've ever experienced in, in life that you love to talk about. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, there, there have been different times. Even then, like coming to the UK, starting with that, right? Um, you know mm. how these people could be sometimes. So obviously, as a very young person then, I think, oh, yeah, I'm going to be relocating to the UK. And, you know, stupidly, sometimes you put your eggs in one basket. So mm. like I was yeah. sort of just going for... A lot of my passion then and things I was really interested in and academically I was not, you know, obviously really focusing as much then. And uh, so at the point where I remember some low points was when I went for like a, like an interview at the embassy at, uh, at, at like in Lagos then, right? And then I had yes. this test on the same day. So um, what's even the name of this really brutal course in UI back then? Is it chemistry 157 or whatever the name is, yeah? <laughs> and then, yeah. yeah, so I went to meet, like, the head of department then saying, yeah, I've got this interview at the embassy on this day, but I have a test for the same day. I can't move it. Is it possible to obviously arrange uh, a different test for a different day, right? Yeah. And, and it was like, yeah, that's fine, that's fine. So, lo and behold, went to Lagos, came back, went to meet the HOD to say, now I'm back, can I write my test? Only for the guy to say, oh, yeah, go and meet your lecturer, right? And I was like, mm-hmm. this was not the tone you gave me when I came to you, right? And then I went to this lecturer to say, okay, I agree with the HOD to say I was going to be missing your test. I, when I come back, you know, I would be able to write the, the test. And the guy staring at his new, newspaper, right, was like, mm. yeah, that's fine. You will get zero in your test. I'm like... <laughs> oh, that's so funny. <laughs> I, was like, I, was like, I was like, sir. I was like, sir. But he was like, kindly leave my office. I was like, bro, what is this guy saying? Oh. And then that's not oh, even that's the so worst wicked. part. The worst part of it was also that the interview did not go well, right? Mm-hmm. So the interview at the embassy did not go well. Like we, my dad and I had to make an appeal, right? So it was yeah. so bad. I was like, wow, what's going to happen now, right? This course is one of the most brutal courses. Like, how am I supposed to, you know, really edge my way for the rest of, I think I had like 70 marks to fight for in the exam. You know, this yes. course having this reputation, then I was like, mm. how, how, how was I going to do it and all this sort of stuff? But yeah, it was really difficult knowing that, okay, I had like this picture in my head and everything is just basically getting blown away with the wind. Uh, so mm. that was a difficult time. And also eventually when I came to the UK, different environments right people have these perceptions and things about the uk or that when you travel abroad for example or to the western world be it us uk cannot do anything that is going to be smooth sailing from then right that oh yeah Mm. you're starting to count money and pluck money (laughs) from trees and things and when i I came here it was a different experience different experience totally like Mm. at least in nigeria to an extent because obviously i was doing side hustles like productions and things then and you know i was kind of self-sustaining to an extent and i had to come to a new Mm. environment where nothing was really making sense um you know it was a new environment i had to form a new network i had to find my feet 
because uh, I, mm. I came through residency, right? So I had to sort out my university. Yes. How was I going to mm. pay for uni? What sort of scholarships am I eligible for? And knowing that mm. UK is not one of those countries that will just sort of give you a scholarship on a platter of gold, like UK is one of the difficult, most difficult countries in which you can actually get a scholarship because they expect most people to take student loans, right? Um, yes. And yeah, so it was just it was just a very difficult experience when I got here as well. And uh, honestly, I would, I would say that's even like probably one of the least of the issues I've faced ever since I got to the UK. Probably going to be sharing <laughs> some over the course of this conversation. But honestly, uh, yeah. yeah, it's but those times are challenging. But again, as I always say, I can only thank God. Could have been worse, but all glory be to God. Uh, all the same. Yeah. God is good <laughs> all the time, brother. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, you know, I'm, I'm I'm interested. I want to know how how are you able to survive? You know, all those you know low points or dark days of your life, like um, as in not writing the the chemistry one five seven, for example, and not having the interview um, or coming to the UK and not tr- you know trying to survive. How how are you able to survive all those days and yeah to be at this point now? I I, I would I would I would say um. One thing that I've learned, like, uh, or mm. one thing I learned over those times is acceptance. So ac- acceptance mm. that this is actually happening, right? And uh, yes. yeah, you can't run anywhere. This is actually happening. This is your new reality. <laughs> this is your yeah. new situation, right? And I think that really helped yes. a lot to say, okay, actually, now I need to think straight. This is happening. I need to find my way out of it, right? And, mm. and the next thing, again, thank goodness for spiritual supports. Obviously, thank God for God that, like, <laughs> like I always say, because... Mm. It's those time those times help me to really grow spiritually a lot, right? Because I think yes. it's it's up, obviously humans naturally when you have no one to run to or nothing to basically support you, you you start to look for one supernatural power to pull you out, right? Even if yeah. you're an atheist, yes. you just yes. even if you're an atheist, you wish there was one supernatural power to pull you out. But <laughs> you pray to the universe, <laughs> exactly. Pray, pray to the universe, exactly. So for yes. me, then obviously I've I've always been a Christian, but you know that those were the times my faith really got strengthened, right? Mm. And from yes. acceptance, I got to see life in a different way. So I was like, this, this doesn't have, this is not the only sort of, this is not the worst situation you can be in, right? I'm like, there are people mm. who are experiencing worse stuff. So stop trying to make this thing bigger than it is, right? So those are times, yes. for example, when I came to the UK and I was having problem, obviously trying to get back into uni and stuff, right? Mm. I, mm. I, I do tell people that when I got to the UK and I was sort of looking for scholarships to be able to continue my university education, those were the times yes. I had accepted that actually, if mechanical engineering is not for me, or if I'm not able to pursue my, you know, my university education in the U, in the UK, right? I was actually ready to go for music production on a full time basis, right? Even though I know that yeah. in an African yeah. home, like <laughs> that would go down well, <laughs> but I was actually ready, right? I had peace in yeah. my heart. In short, I told God I was like, if this university education thing is not going to work out, right? If financially I'm not mm. going to be able to go for this, right? Um, yes, I'm ready to go for music production, and I'm ready to just pursue it. And I, as long as you know. I'll, I would have your support. I'm not, you know, yeah. I'm ready to go for it. Do you get what I'm trying to say? So I think all mm-hmm. those conversations came from acceptance and praying the right prayers I believe to God, right? Mm-hmm. So this yes. is not, yes. this is, this was not a prayer of God rescue me per se, I would say, right? This was a prayer mm-hmm. of God help me in this situation. I don't know what you're planning to do with this whole thing, right? But, yes. you know, uh, just, just help me. I know this is trying to become, this is starting to become like a, like a preaching, like a Sunday service now. But, pa- but Pastor John Alimi. Ah, please, I wish, man. I wish for real. But, but the most, I think most importantly, like for me, it was all about acceptance. 
accept that yeah. situation. I know that mm. pe- people are facing worse things, right? And that's the thing. Yes. Sometimes we, we because <laughs> they call it first world problems, right? That sometimes, <laughs> because you, we've, you know, you're used to certain things that you have any slight challenge and you start feeling like, wow, you're going through the worst thing in life. But don't forget yeah. that, you know, there, there's so many reasons to be grateful for. Um, yes. So many things to be grateful for, like fundamental things like food, shelter, and, and those things. And I think I think acceptance for me was just to accept the whole situation to say, actually, I'm facing a difficult situation. This is what could happen. But I thank God all the same for where I am. And uh, the next thing is, God, what is the next thing? How can I basically pull through, pull, pull through this? But I think what's really um, the challenge most times to a lot of people is that denial. Denial like, oh yeah, this is not happening, or why is he, why is he always me, or why, why am I the one going through this? Do you get what I'm trying to say? Yes, I understand. Yeah, so for me, I think acceptance was the first step to say, yes, this is happening, yes, this is my, this is a challenge, a difficult situation I have to deal with, and yeah, how do I go about solving these uh, problems? Yeah, wow, yeah, I mean, that's, that's really, that's really good, like accepting the reality at that moment and trying to get out of it if it's not comfortable. Yeah, yeah, and um, it's not as easy as that. Sometimes I intentionally go to my friend's place, for example, to like, Mm. uh, you know, just play games, hangouts, just to take my mind off it. Because to be honest, it's not as easy as that. This is very, this is very difficult, very. Because it's like, as humans, you have hopes, right? You have hopes, you have dreams, and they are seeing Mm. this thing that why everything is just basically like, crumbling down and stuff and stuff like that but so it's it's not it's not very easy but it takes it takes a while but i think we should Mm. at least when when i go through difficult situations now generally the first step for me is working towards my acceptance of the situation to say this is my reality then you know how do i how do i deal with this what are are points at your as in your life at that moment when you felt like disappointed or maybe depressed for example or so annoyed with yourself of, of in, yeah, absolutely. In generally. Lots, mm. lots of times where I started feeling really bad. I started losing my confidence, started having some infer- inferiority complex and things like that. So do you get what I'm trying to say? You know, yes. in, in Nigeria, I was a lot more stable. I kind of had, let's just say I kind of had things together, uh, like mm. uh, a little bit more, right? And then I'm coming yes. to a new country, uh, new, totally different experience. And then, yeah. you know, lots of uncertainties flying around. There wasn't much cash lying around anywhere. Do you get what I'm trying to say? Because I think I to, to our next time, money solves a lot of problems. And uh, <laughs> yes, it was, a, yeah. it was a huge problem, you know, uh, period of uncertainty for me. And it was a time where mm. I had to just kind of, you know, go through different things at the same time, all at the same time, right? And uh, yes. so it was difficult, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't mm. very confident. I was, uh, you know, I started feeling a bit down. I was, I started, I didn't have lots of friends anymore, obviously, mm. you know, mm. and uh, yeah. you know, I, 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 I started, you know, showing some traits that normally once me, I would say, do you, do you get what I'm trying to say? So, because yeah, again, the situation, because sometimes when you go through some situations, you just, just brings out some new things and you're like, wow, what, what is this? You know, why? Some why new behaviors. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I just had to, again, you know, those, those times, those times are bound to happen, right? You would always, yes. you would always feel very down. Yeah, like I said, these things are always very easy to say, like, um, you know, just pick yourself back up like the motivational speakers we say, pick yourself back up and keep trying. It's, it's not always <laughs> yeah. easy. Sometimes you're so beaten down that you're like, and that's the thing, at that point in time, you can't really see clearly because you're so overwhelmed mm. by the whole situation that you're like, oh my God, this is just the end of the world for me. But, yes. you know, those times, yes. Are, yes, very low points, 
very low points mm. for me at that. You know, the, those those times were not very good at, at all. It almost seems like my life, everything that's, it almost seems like my life has been going on some trajectory, right? And then suddenly, I'm taking like, not even a detour, it's almost like I'm taking a U-turn like backwards, like I was going backwards, sort of. But I wasn't yeah. seeing it as, this is a new opportunity for you. When a change happens, yeah. it's a time for you to mm-hmm. grab the opportunity to do great things, right? Yes, and so yes. I wasn't seeing it from that perspective. Like this is a change. This is a big change for you, and the time for you mm. to you know grab all the opportunity that comes with it. In hindsight, mm. I can say that now. But then I wasn't thinking or you know seeing clearly enough to kind of interpret the situation this way. So, but but of yeah, course, again, yeah. thank God for you know thank God for His mercies for helping me to get back up and you know accepting the whole situation and just yeah you know, kind of grinding through it all. Uh, I mean the the. the great news is that you you rose out of that situation and that's amazing that's the that's the testimony that's the most important thing actually yes 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 yeah. you know like yeah. every i i wouldn't you know some some sometimes when you're in situations and you have you're, you're sort of hoping everything should go away i wish everything went away no <laughs> i think most most <laughs> of it didn't go away i had to walk through them with the help of god you know yeah. you had to pick one situation yes. at a time deal with it you know and uh, yeah mm. it was just like that and i would say i'm just grateful for god to god for it now because it helped to build a of you know my character is helped to build a lot of my spirituality as well so yeah you know looking at look at looking at back at it now it's uh it was a blessing a huge blessing for that matter yeah so uh, picking up picking up from from that moment to this moment now um how, how has your journey of self or personal development been like to you how, 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 how much have you improved what have you been doing what has helped you to you know improve as a person as uh a man yeah. as, a, as an human being yeah. <laughs> as someone that exists on earth <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely <laughs> I, I mean like I've, I've always been someone who has been big on personal development right obviously as mm. a child and all these things you don't have all these concepts in place and like oh this is yeah. concept this is uh, personal development I'm doing here right but yes. for me I've always been someone that I just find things or I just have things that excite me naturally right so, mm. for example, let's say for sport or music, anything that excites me, I generally spend time on those sort of stuff, right? I just obsessively yeah. do them and try to get better at, you know, at these things. Do you get what I'm trying to say? So, yes. I've always been like that, right? And I consider it like, like a gift. Do you get Because sometimes mm. you just do things naturally and you can't even explain why, right? So, yes. and at that point, definitely I consider it a gift. And so, so it kind of followed me through like my adulthood, if that makes sense. So like mm. wherever I find doing, I just obsessively do it because I want to know more about it. I want to get better at it. I want to like develop myself through it, if that makes sense. And uh, yes, that makes so, sense. yeah, so I, I think for me, the first step for me is that I'm always very open, right? So even in conversations, mm. talking to people and things like that, mm. I always try to just kind of listen or pick points all the time, right? Yes. In terms of, oh, what is this person doing? What does this person do? Oh, I see this person is doing this, 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 this. These are the kind of things I can learn from this person. I'd like to try this as well. All those kind of, I'm just, you know, just being open to stuff, being very interested generally, right? And also, yes. um, it's always very intentional. Do you, do you get what I'm trying to say? So, like, it's even though, yes, I, I consider it like it's not like naturally, I just want to learn about things. I want to learn new things. Sometimes, you know, it's also very intentional. Like, mm. I know that, oh, this is an opportunity for me to actually gain a new skill. 
I go for it. Yeah. So sometimes, because I know sometimes there might be hesitant that, yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure about it. Yeah. I, sometimes I just push myself into that situation. I'm just, <laughs> I commit, I make that commitment and I figure out how I'm going to sort it out later. Because again, because <laughs> that's the thing, you sometimes you're not just never ready. So, and so, which means yes. at that point, you just have to jump off the cliff and just, yeah, get yourself in this. <laughs> you know, I'm not trying to yes. say, obviously, I'm not trying to tell the audience that they should all, basically be committing themselves <laughs> into, you know, things they would never be able to do, right? But honestly, you know, sometimes it actually helps to make that commitment and you, you most times those kind of experiences end up being one of the best ones you, you know, you have in life. Mm, and yes. uh, I, I, another thing I mentioned is, uh, or I generally say is, you know, following my passion. So, like, over the years, you know, I've always followed things I'm passionate about, right? Because there's, there's mm. only so much you can learning life there's only so much bandwidth we have right so yes i could decide to learn about everything around me oh learn about this i don't know this speaker how is this speaker made or learn about music oh i want to learn how to play the saxophone for example right but mm. i look at the things i'm naturally just drawn to and and you know passionate about like instinctively right so i just yes. let's say i just love to play music or i just found out that oh i just like to play this musical instrument or i just like to actually sell this product or something like that right and i feel like i'm drawn to it i just naturally just go for it do you get what i'm trying to say because that helps yes. to sustain the motivation right because passion is like mm. the initial motivation for you to actually go for it right and that really helps in terms of you trying to um you know uh, then go on that journey of personal development because i mean personal development at the end of the day is not this uh mystical thing right it's not like this big stuff it's all about how you are getting better every single day, right? Yes. And yeah. I, I kind of have break it down into, let's say, mentally or mentally, spiritually, financially. And I kind of yeah. kind of reflect sometimes weekly, sometimes daily in terms of this week, this day, how have I improved it this three generally? Do you get what I'm trying to say? Mm -hmm. Right? Yes. And yes. then, because that helps you to just keep yourself in check. Because sometimes you think you're growing, but you're not actually, you know. So mm -hmm. for me, it's all about then being very conscious about it taking those small steps, small steps in terms of like this week or today, I should be better than the previous day or the previous week. Do you get what I'm trying to say? Yes. Yeah, I understand. And yeah. for me, it's never yeah. gone beyond that. It's not something too complicated. It's just, again, just making sure I'm a level higher always, right? Mm. And that's why yes. it's such, and I, and I think for me, it's kind of then worked in such a way that it's gone like on a very big scale. And what I mean by that is... Um, for example, if you know me in 2018, right, and you know the kind of things I do, if you meet me in 2019, right, I'm completely different, upgraded to, like, certain new skills, new hobbies, <laughs> 2020, yeah. again. So I call it sometimes, if you, you need to go and uh, basically uh, update the new version of John you have in your head, because, you know, getting <laughs> the, John, the, John, the John you know last year was probably the previous version, because, again, that's it. I just want to look back at myself and, and see myself professionally or mentally and know that, yes, I'm in a much better place. Because sometimes mm, yeah. what happens is that a lot of times you overcomplicate things, right? And then, you know, you take things like, or oh, personal development. I don't know, where, maybe you want to be like the CEO of a company or you want to be like whatever, right? And then you yeah. end up spending so much time, uh, you know, thinking about the vision that it gets so big that you're like, oh, wow, what do I then do? How do I get here? But other than that, it's actually a matter of focusing on one step at a time. If you're, it's your, if you're very good at the small things you're doing, right, 
Yeah, if you're even from the smallest things, if you are improving yourself or learning new things whilst leading a project at university and all these things, those are the little things that will prepare you ahead for the bigger projects in life. And I don't think it's more complicated than that, to be honest. And that's the thing, because we are all different people, we will all move at different paces, right? So sometimes mm. you might, some people might be developing, well, faster than others. And then these things are relatively, like very relative rather, because we are all yes. on different journeys in life, you know. But like I said, most importantly for me is assessing that, mm. first of all, am I getting better every day? Mentally, you know, spiritually, physically, right? And then the second question is, am I sort of yeah. maximizing my development potential in terms of like, yes, I know yes. that, okay, like I'm, I'm blessed with learning things relatively like uh, quickly, right? So is that a case of, am I learning as quickly or mm. am I developing as quickly as I should, which means am I maximizing my potential, right? But that's the second level. Yeah. If I'm not even developing on every day, that's a different challenge too. I'm not developing mm. fast enough yeah. or, as, as, or as quickly as I would like to, if that makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense, yeah makes a lot of sense and you know as an evidence of you you know learning a lot of things um as in i see you know, your good news about you know your achievements and your inventions and all that things all those great stuff that you do but when i see stuff stuff like that it motivates you it's like you know um you know fires you up and say don't relax you are, you can still do more you can still achieve greatness and i find that really good yeah it's uh, positive obviously positive uh, vibes and motivations from friends and same uh it's uh, same same feeling here as well obviously always good to hear about success stories about you and you know uh, my close friends as well because again these are the things that actually helps you to you know get through some situations as well to yeah. know that actually you're uh, you know this kind of this kind of vibes and things they're all spread as well mm. exactly yeah yeah so um, i'm interested to you know I, I just want to know about your your journey um to cambridge and how it was like studying and you know having different courses and breaking grounds in, in cambridge how was that like <laughs> my, my, <laughs> how, how, did, how did you get to how did you get to cambridge how did you knock on their door and how do you enter their door and you know destroyed everywhere and like took the old seat and sat on the royal seat and <laughs> right i mean good good <laughs> fair, fair, very fair question absolutely um <laughs> yeah so i'll try to you know get into a bit more details here right mm. so I, um, uh, I'm, I'm not someone who has always been kind of big on the name of the university, right? Uh, yeah. cause I believe knowledge is everywhere. Okay. Yes. And I, when I was going for my undergrad, my, my sort of, um, my thought process was that, yeah, knowledge is everywhere now. I just need a very good university to, uh, kind of give me all the other skills I need, like transferable skills and stuff that would help me, that would prepare me ahead, uh, for the job market, Right. So yes. Uh, in the UK, there's something called like a placement year, which in, it's like the equivalent of IT in Nigeria. I think IT after your third year, which or the IT in Nigeria where you do like six months thereabout. Um, mm. So, but in the UK, they call it placement year, which is optional. So that's like a six, um, sorry, a year um, in the industry, right? And that happens yeah. typically after a second year of university. So I decided to take a year out, decided to go get some, you know, good experience in the industry. So I ended up working for like uh, a manufacturer, well, like a firm anyway, uh, mm. a company that, uh, that really sort of focused on innovation. So I, because again, I discovered that about myself that what really keeps me going is problem solving, problem solving and more problems to solve, right? Mm. Um, so yeah, I went for it and yeah, the opportunity was really good, you know. Uh, like uh, like you rightly pointed out, I was able to get some invention submissions whilst I was you know working at that company, and it yeah. was then that I had like this 
uh, moment where I actually, like you, like you say, uh, paused and reflected. <laughs> so, I, I, so, yeah. so I paused. Yeah, so I paused and reflected. I had that moment like, okay, right. You know, this, these things you're doing are all good, right? You know, solving engineering problems and, you know, getting some recognition for them, right? Yes. But then I was, I then felt like this shouldn't be everything, right? I mm. wanted to then understand what happens after, right? Okay, so I can keep coming up with good ideas, good products, good features for like products. But how mm. do I then sort of take this whole thing to like markets? How do I make a thousand? How do I make some good money off these things, right? Yes. So for me, I knew I had the conviction that, okay, yes, I need to actually then look for the best way to go for this whole thing to master that craft, right? In, in quotes. Mm. So I then felt like, okay, yeah, the, the, the next, my natural instinct was then to look for like a master's degree that sort of sets me up for that. So I started checking and checking and searching for different masters, like, and uh, I ended up finding one that really, that particularly like had my interest, right? And that was yeah. the course that I eventually went to do at, at the University of Cambridge. So I saw this course and it was like uh, a one-year master's course, right? But then it ticked every single box I was looking for. It was almost like, as though like, wow, can something be this perfect, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> he had every single thing I was sort of looking for, you know, like how to, you know, make products in mass volumes and all this sort of stuff. Yeah. So I was like, okay, this is a very long shot. Not, well, first of all, it's Cambridge. The admission rate is not, it's not, it's not like, <laughs> it's uh, not yeah, exactly. It's not that, it's not that high, right? So it's yeah. not like they're just taking everybody on. And second of all, the course I wanted to really go for is like one of the most competitive courses as well. Like, especially like School of Engineering, very competitive because the course mm. is so good. It has like very good industrial elements. You end up going to like 30 plus or 40, co 40 plus companies in a matter of like seven, eight months thereabouts, right? Mm. So it's like so good. So I felt like, wow, yeah, this is probably going to be a long shot, right? But yeah, I read the requirements. I was like, mm. fundamentally, right, primarily, I'm able to apply for this thing in the first place. Anyway, I know that there will be some badasses that will probably be applied as well. Like, but I, I'm, I was convinced that this was the right thing for me to do at that time. So I felt like, okay, I'm going to put in my application. I went for it. I put in my application. After like a month or two months, I heard back from them saying, oh, yeah, you, uh, you need to come for a face-to-face -face interview, right? I was mm. like going crazy. I was like, Wow. Like, <laughs> this is so amazing. This is really good. And yeah. uh, something worth mentioning was, uh, it, like, something was worth mentioning is uh, that I had a friend then as well who was also on that same course, right? Mm -hmm. And this is a friend I admire so much. That I was like, wow, this guy managed to get on this course. And so he helped me with my application as well, like, in terms of giving me advice and all this sort of stuff. But at the same time, you know, if you don't utilize these things, first of all, it's pointless if you don't utilize all these advice. And, and second of all, the interview process is very difficult because you don't know exactly what they're looking for, right? Yes. In hindsight, when I eventually asked like a few people involved, a few staff involved in the recruitment process, they're just looking for this special factor in the candidates, that wow factor, because you have candidates who are all very good like, academically and, you know, very mm. brilliant people. So they need something to obviously be able to choose uh, the final people or the final students who are going to be on that course, right? Yeah. But yeah, um, so long story short, I went for the interview. Um, it was like a 20... 30 minutes interview, right? It was like yes. a conversation. And I was like, wow, <laughs> 20, 30 minutes interview. Yeah. Uh, I don't even know. I, I don't, when, 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 when like my, um, my friend's family called, I was like, I don't know. It was 20, 30 minutes. Uh, <laughs> it went okay. I don't know whether this guy was impressed or not, but mm. you know, let's, let's see. Right. And uh, yes. yeah, it turns out I, I was uh, one of the early, um, 
candidates to actually get admitted on the course actually mm. um so what was that what was that what was that wow factor for you if i may ask so in in hindsight right like yes. after, so after like i got on the course and towards the end of the course right i did actually ask the course director and like why did you pick me in the first place right <laughs> yes. and then it was like that you know my he was so brutal was like yeah not because of my undergrad university i was like thanks mm. i don't understand what you're trying to say because <laughs> obviously they look at like the reputation of your undergrad university as well right uh, yes. because on the course you have people from yale university for example right you have people from like caltech and all these obviously reputable like university and uh, and and yes yeah, so i asked him he said um yeah so like it was a combination of different things that obviously academically you did really well obviously in the university you were and also he did mention like uh, my particular work experience I had at that particular like innovation uh, company, right? Yes. So he did pick up that he was impressed with some of my invention invention submissions that were obviously being uh, filed for a patent then and stuff like that. And that's the interesting mm. thing because at the end of the day, that's the role of personal development because a lot of times you leverage one milestone to get onto the next one, right? Yeah. So yeah, like I previously mm. mentioned, it's this is where personal development comes in where you're able to use one milestone to leverage the other, right? And again, thank God for God for just, you know, again, all his performing is uh, wonders because, yeah, he just um, liked me as a candidate and he felt like I would be able to maximize uh, the opportunity, um, obviously. So, and and yeah, and, and then that brings me to the second uh, part of things, right? Which is uh, then finding funding from Cambridge University because Cambridge University is not, is not cheap. <laughs> like, and... Uh, and, and yeah, I wish I had like some millions of pounds or thousands of pounds somewhere that I was keeping somewhere, but no, I didn't. And uh, yeah, to find funding like in Cambridge University is very difficult, right? And then most of the fundings that are now available are based on your nationality, right? So, uh, and I was in a very funny position because I came to the UK via residency, right? So I was a Nigerian citizen, but I had like uh, the UK residency permit, Okay. So scholarships that were that Nigerians were entitled to, right? I wasn't, <laughs> which was weird. And I wasn't because they felt like, oh, I'm a UK resident. So they're looking for people who are just coming like fresh from Nigeria. And then the UK people too are like, no, we can't give you like funding because you're not British. And I was in this funny position that, wow, this is, this is not, is this really happening, right? And then long story short, out of like, let's say, 50 scholarships that I should have been considered for, let's say, even like 20 plus, right? I eventually had like two scholarships or three scholarships that I was just um, considered for. <laughs> which one of them was for like, you know, uh, disabled candidates, which I wasn't. So uh, that, that was one option down. So I practically had like two options there about, right? So that was the period where I was then like, oh God, like what kind of situation is this? Yeah, that it's bad enough that it's very difficult to, you know, get funding from uh, this, this sort of place. And then for the fact that I'm then disadvantaged due to reasons that are sort of out of my own control, even just made it like so much worse, right? So uh, again, that was a period where I then had to, uh, you know, again, using your words, pause and reflect on things and see like, what do I do? How do I get this done? I tried to apply for some external funding and, you know, it was just all very difficult, right? But again, uh, eventually, thank God, God came through and I was able to secure one of those two fundings that I was kind of entitled to, right? 
and uh, and yeah, so that was that was the guarantee. It was not full funding, yeah, because obviously that was, that was the nature of the funding. But it was the funding the funding was like uh, significant enough to you know push me ahead to go go for the opportunity, and yeah, so I went for it. Got to Cambridge. And uh, again, different set of challenges, right? Just before I went to Cambridge, obviously, I was not financially in the best place because the funding I had was cover my tuition and other things. So I didn't actually have funding for like feeding or, or anything like that, right? And the tricky thing about Cambridge is that you can't um, really, uh, you can't work as a grad student. You can't work whilst you're also sort of um, a uni, right? And uh, it's, it's, so it's, it's just very difficult. If, but even if that wasn't the case, to be taking such a very intense course, right? Very intensive uh, sort of like uh, curriculum, right? And then you now want to be working. It's almost impossible, right? So, yeah. Th- so that was difficult to lose in itself. But just before I went to Cambridge, uh, I was like a week before I moved to Cambridge, right? Um, I started having like some strong family issues, some really, really tough situation. And then very, it was very shattering, like emotionally, mentally, I was exhausted. And I had to go to Cambridge with this kind of, uh, you know, this sort of uh, mindset and this sort of like um, uh, state of mind, right? And uh, yeah, so I knew this was not a situation that was just going to disappear like that. So I knew I had to basically fight this alongside the challenges that come with Cambridge University, right? So... I remember then in class when they were talking about what it takes to pass the course, what it takes to basically fill the course and all these things. And I was like, oh my God, like this, what have I gotten myself into, right? I saw like all these smart kids from all over the world, from the US, from like everywhere. You know, these are guys that they've smashed it in their undergrad. These are guys that have done very well for themselves in their career, even at a very young age, right? And then I felt like I'm then coming to Cambridge University, not with my 100% because I had I have lots of baggages I'm taking, like financial issues, very strong family issues. And I'm like, God, how am I supposed to then even concentrate and focus and just get myself through these things? And then to even make matters worse, because obviously a lot of times when you're going for uni and all these things, you're thinking about, oh, yeah, I want to get first. I want to get a distinction and stuff. And then they said it that no more than 10% of the people on the course will get a distinction, right? That... And if you don't get a distinct, like the distinction in the UK, generally a distinction is from like 70%. And then um, in Cambridge for grad school is 75% for my course anyway. So I was like, and then the rest is pass. There's no merit anywhere. There's no in between. Either you uh, get a distinction or you get a pass or you fail, right? And, and then I kind of then saw that the way the grading works was that it's kind of comparative, right? So if everyone in the class does really well, someone has to be at that bottom of the ladder, right? <laughs> so my, I made it my mission that day that, okay, just don't be at the bottom of the ladder because if you're at the bottom of the ladder, you're playing with failing. And I don't want, God, I don't want that stress of dealing with, oh, failing a module and how do I retake it? And oh man, because I was just dealing with a lot. So my mission was just get through this thing. Don't fail any module, right? And don't play at the bottom of the ladder just kind of get try to squeeze yourself into like let's say the uh 40th percentile or just get yourself to the average point in class and you've done really well for yourself right and that was the struggle so uh, throughout my you know throughout my period or my stay at cambridge it was dealing with the intensity of the course because 
it's, you know, on a typical day, you have like classes from like nine to five or nine to six on some days. And then you have visiting companies as well. Sometimes you come back very late in the night. You have like tons of modules and coursework to do. Uh, you, uh, you go for like a company project as well, where you spend time with the company. I am meant to solve like a particular problem for the company within this short period of time, like two weeks. Yeah. And alongside that, I'm still dealing with finances, like in terms of how am I going to get money for uh, feeding for the next month? And, you know, this family issue also going on then. Like, I had sometimes I travel to London to basically sort things out. Even when I have, like, deadlines and stuff like that, right? So, let's just say it was a, was a very difficult time. Very, very difficult time. And then, yeah, um, the whole thing went by. Um, I saw that, okay, again, like I said, acceptance. This whole situation is not going to disappear, right? <laughs> I thought maybe magically. I just thought maybe magically, right? Maybe after like two weeks, God will just send these thousands of pounds. Boom, all my problems solved. Or oh, this family situation going on. Boom, disappeared. I need to go and give a testimony in church. No, 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 that did not happen. I had to live every single day through these tough times, right? And... Yes, I'm a very emotional person, but I'm not someone that would get emotional just like that over things, right? But I was broken during this period. I was broken because it was like, it was like one of the worst times of my life. Not even trying to make it, apart from losing a very important family member, right? Uh, that was the second most difficult time of my life because it was horrible. It was just horrible. Not because of, you know, how tough Cambridge was, but because of the whole situation that, you know, again, the family issue was really, like, was really bad. And then, you know, coupling with other issues going on as well, like, um, like I said, finances and dealing with the intensity of Cambridge, because it's almost like they the put you in this, uh, they put you in this space and they compress you, they heat you up, shake you, and try to see where you're going to break. They're trying to break you basically, right? And uh, yes, I had those moments where I was just broken, right? I couldn't socialize much. But people wouldn't know why I didn't socialize much because, again, if it's if you have money that you're going to socialize, right? <laughs> you know, and a lot of this, a lot of people on my course were from like well to do families, like middle class families, wealthy families, you know, spending some pounds on like 30 pounds on dinner and stuff like that. It's nothing to most of them, right? But for me, going through that tough time financially, one of the worst financial situations of my life, you know, if not the worst one, like it's for me, I can't just afford to just hang out with people and just buy things like that. I had to be very disciplined more than ever before. And uh, yeah, so went through that whole time. Thank God, you know, thank God for his grace. Before I even finished my dissertation, I got offered like a job that I could even start on a part-time basis, right? So that started helping me like my finances. Immediately I finished my master's course. I, uh, yeah, went straight to the, the job market. Started working for a company. And yeah, it was, you know, time went on that I was a bit relieved financially because obviously, you know, I had more stable cash flow now and income. And, uh, and, and yeah, yeah I, uh, it just happened some months later that I got an email saying, oh, yeah, the results are out, blah, 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 blah. And uh, yeah, I, I, I was uh, I, in the email, they indicated I got a distinction. Mm. I was like, what? Is this a mistake? And I'm not even joking. I'm not even joking. I had to call up the office, right? The office in the department to say, I just got an email. They said I got a distinction. They said, that's why yeah. it says I got a distinction, right? I just wanted to find out if, if this, is this, you know, is this true? But like, yeah, 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 it is. It is, uh, it is true, right? I called, I called my supervisor as well, like my uh, supervisor. Yeah. And, I, and, I, and I got, I didn't get, I didn't get emotional because of, uh, the distinction or anything yeah. 
But because I just feel like this whole thing was beyond my control, right? I can't come out to say, oh, I got a distinction because I was the smartest person in class. Yeah. I'm sure a lot of people are even shocked, are even surprised that John, yeah. John, <laughs> like for real? Really? <laughs> yeah, because yeah, um, I, I was the lucky guy in class. I just did me, man. Like, honestly, mm. like I said, my strategy was just to come out alive. Don't fail, right? Yeah. Just get through this thing and just go, go get yourself a job, yes. right? And then to get to that position where I was even rewarded with like some awards and things like mm. that at Cambridge University when I was nowhere close to my 100% was just a whole new set of revelations to say, actually, a lot of blessings that God, you know, gives to us, mm. it's not because of our works or it's not because we're like the hardest worker or it's not like we're the ones who have put in the most hours, you yes. know? A lot of, a lot of, it's just, it's just by God's grace and mercy a lot of times, you know, mm. and I'm forever grateful to God for that, um, for that experience. And, uh, yeah, but looking at looking back at it now, I can obviously thank God for it and just smile about it. Yeah. But it wasn't funny then. It was very. It was a very difficult time. Yeah, as in, it's it's a very inspiring story. Like you know, also you know, there's always this illustration of you know, gold being going through, um, gold has to go through fire for it to become that precious product that it is at the end of the day. And I think that's how your story is like. Uh, absolutely, going through the, the furnace, like going through Cambridge with all the situation around you family issues, financial um, limitations or challenges. But at the end of the day, you came out at the top of your class. I mean, as pure, as, as a refined diamond or as a refined piece of gold that is shining bright. That's, that's amazing. Yeah. yeah, I guess so. And to be honest, when I look back at it, I learned so much. Mm. I learned so much because naturally, I'm not a very arrogant person because I believe in life that sometimes if you're just naturally good at something, it's the gift of God. Mm. You didn't work hard for it. Yeah. You met yourself in this body mm. You got yourself, this, you met yourself with this mind and brain. Yes. And then, you know, it's, it's a gift. You didn't work for it, mm -hmm. right? So I, I do believe that a lot of times it's God's grace that helps us with all, all of these things, right? But so for me, I was very humble when I got this opportunity. I learned so much from my course mates. I'm like, people are really intelligent. Mm -hmm. Like, people are so smart. Mm -hmm. And I'm still forever grateful to, you know, for a lot of my uh, classmates that, 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 you know, had projects with and things like that. Because I learned so much from a lot of them. And also I learned so much from, you know, the professors I had from the company project. And I can say in that one year, like I grew so much. Despite all the situation I was sort of going through, like, and that's the thing. Once, when you're on this course, you wouldn't know you're actually growing and you're gaining so much stuff. Mm. But when you look back at it, you're like, actually... A year ago, I didn't know this thing, right? <laughs> like, mm. you know, and, and looking back at it, I, I just thank it because I learned so, so much. much and it sets me up for a lot of the opportunities I'm looking forward to in the future. Yes, yes, that's, that's great. Um, you know, I, I would love to digress a little bit now. <clears throat> I, I wanted to ask you this question initially, but I was like, no, let me keep it private because it's, you know, it's a personal stuff to you. But um, when you listen to your story about, you know, Cambridge now, you made mention of the you know, family issue, and losing someone close to you, and um, I know, I know, I know the person that's close to you, but I don't know if you feel comfortable to talk about how you process that at a very young age, losing a very, very important person in your life, and how was that time for you? How did you? Because there are a lot of people that go through this, and they, you know, maybe your story could, you know, liberate them in some ways, and they listen to this and hear how you process that, and maybe you know, it will help them in their journey, motivate them, motivate them a bit, or you know. Help yeah, them. yeah. If, if you feel comfortable with that, it would be nice if you could share a bit about that. I mean, yeah, sure. Okay, yeah, just, just to um, obviously put it out there because, yeah, I don't think um, 
it's something you know really worth keeping per se yeah it's fine so mm. yeah I, I i like you mentioned at a young age like when i was like 13 there about i lost my biological mom mm. right and uh so that was just that was again one of it's not even one of that was the toughest period of my life because it was a turning point for mm. me right yeah. so i had this personality i was a child my character was still forming you know i was still kind of developing my personality if that's what makes sense yes. right and i was very very close to my mom mm. very close to my mom right and uh yeah it happened uh, on this day you know i was just obviously watching tv with my brother mm. uh and then yeah got, we got the news that yeah she was uh, involved in some situation and uh the next day we found out that yeah she was uh she was no longer with us mm. right and i could i could still remember this day very clearly like it was so bad i felt like i felt like <laughs> i felt like my life just ended at that mm. point because i couldn't imagine anything beyond life with my mom mm. right especially at that age yes yeah? so i guess i guess a lot of people would probably call me mommy's boy but actually yeah i was kind of a mommy's boy but at the same time i wasn't you know because i still used to go out a lot i still had friends and things like that but we were just so close mm. if you get what i'm trying to say and and then, so that was that was a difficult time because yeah, I, I, it took me a while to get over the situation because it kind of changed me as a person, yeah. right? So I, I, because of that, that situation, I grew up really quickly. Like I, my whole character and everything developed super early, mm -hmm. right? Because mm -hmm. again, that was the point. If after like two, three, four, five months, I'm like, okay, right, this woman is really not coming back, <laughs> right? So yeah. like... Mentally, it did affect me because obviously a lot of gaps, a lot of, you know, um, spaces that she was meant to cover. Mm. Yeah, thank God for my beautiful family, my sisters, my brother, my dad, right? Yes. But at the end of the day, there's only so much they can do, right? Yes. And as the last child of the family, you know, that, uh, at that age, uh, there were still like a few things that, that were missing, which means I had to obviously figure it out uh, on the go, right? Mm. So I had to basically pick myself up and just try to go go for it. Um, but but yeah, academically, I would say for the first year after the situation, academically, I was not the same. Mm. Yeah. And even generally, I wasn't going out to see friends as, as much as I used to yeah. because I was just, it was just this dark time that I was just like, I didn't know, I had nothing figured out. Mm. Like life was just, very pointless I'm, i know you might wonder like at that age yeah. did life does life even have meaning to anyone at that time, like a child mm. right yes. it did i mean because i had fundamental fundamental things i was looking forward to even as a child like going to school seeing friends mm. going to church hanging out with my mom and all these yes. things those are the things i was looking forward to but i wasn't even looking forward to those things mm. anymore right i was just it was almost as though i was just being dragged around you know I'd, then that was when i started learning like a lot of discipline like waking up myself very early in the morning maybe around five o'clock mm. you know um even when my mom was alive I, I had never been really you know being the kind of child that was forced to do his assignment or read or anything i just did them naturally mm. right but i had to pick myself up even more so i had to like be the one to wake myself up in the middle or get up in the middle of the night do some assignments read some books because she, she used to those times right yes. she used to be like oh yeah you said you wanted to do your assignment blah 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 but now i had to now be the one at that age to be <laughs> getting those discipline those commitments and yeah it was yeah. a very difficult time but again in hindsight i don't think i'd have been who i am today not to put this in the way in the sense that oh yeah i've achieved everything in mm. life but in terms of some of the characters, some of the, you know, some of the grits that have sort of built over time were as a result of that situation. Yeah. And have you been able to, you know, process it or how are you able to process it emotionally? And have you been able to, you know, you know, process it in a way that you don't have, you know, 
have this kind of, you know, sadness or this kind of um, dark moments in your life when you think about that moment again and, uh, you know, feel sad or feel bad or something like that? Have you been able to get over it? And how are you able to, you know, process it at that moment emotionally, personally? Um, like, in generally, obviously, um, I don't think this is something that you can really fully process or fully get over, mm. right? But even then, it took me a while. And in terms of processing it, because I was a child and, you know, you know how these things are in Nigeria. You don't have a, any professional therapist <laughs> or anything, yeah. right? You just have to rely on your family for all, as a single unit, you guys get through it together, mm. right? But there was still this huge void that was, that was there, this massive one. Mm. Like, life didn't just feel the same to me. I was just not feeling anything at all. Do you get what I'm trying to say? That this moment, obviously, with my sisters or with my cousins, that we had great times and cool, but when that moment is done, there's that void. Mm. Like, wow, she is really gone. Like, wow. she's gone. Like, those were the worst times. I remember when I was, uh, there was one time that I was playing football, and anytime I'm playing football like that, like, she's always like, ah, they're making noise with the ball and stuff. <laughs> and then there was no one to shout that, making noise with the ball. I'm yeah. like, oh, man. I sat down and I cried. Mm. Like, I cried for hours outside on the floor. Mm. Like, I was crying. Yeah. Like, it didn't, I was just broken. Let's just say I was completely broken. Because mm. at that age, to process that, how can this person be here like the other day? And she's not here anymore. Mm. Like, it was just so, I think it was a difficult thing for me to process, yeah. right? Yes. But again, I wish I could say that, oh, I had some skills at that age to deal with these things. I just think naturally, God just helped me to pull myself together. Mm. And I naturally lived through the situation. Mm. It was just a point of like, again, I, reflecting back, in terms of like, okay, um, now I need to obviously get myself up in the morning. Mm. I need to, you know, start living life without her anymore and all these sort of things. Yeah. And then yeah. again, I'll just say naturally with the help of God, after accepting this situation, yes. after months and even probably years, right? I eventually moved on and started, you know, just started living life. And uh, again, thank God for God, because I wish I could take all the glory for it to say, these are the kind of skills or framework I used to pick myself up. Um, it's, just, it's just something that I did up, that happened naturally. Mm. I had this moment where it was like, this, is, this has happened. It's never going to change. That bitter truth, like, hit me like, it's never going to change, mm. right? She's never going to come back. And, uh, and, and, and yeah, I just, uh, I picked yes. myself up and just started just going through the whole situation one day at a time mm. get myself ready for school wear my socks put on my uniform mm. get on public transport get to school get back home there's there's no mom to welcome me to say welcome <laughs> like there's none of yeah. that anymore oh, this is your food. exactly that, yeah. yeah it was now my sisters mm. other family members that I, you know that my new sort of support network that i had to step up obviously that position as well so yeah mm. but honestly just it, naturally i had to get through it but like i said there are still moments even now where i'm like wow this really happened you know and it's like it just yes. kind of gives you a new meaning to life in terms of this life is just mm. sometimes when in the bible when king solomon obviously says how meaningless life could be honestly genuinely life could be mm. very pointless and only if we humans obviously have that at the back of our mind always i think we wouldn't even sweat over a lot. half of the things we're sweating about to be honest yeah 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 yeah, um, that, you made mention of what of what um, of one of the reasons why I asked this question because you know sometimes we go through things in life and we, we think oh we've processed it emotionally to some to some extent right yeah but then all of a sudden along the line 
that, that wave, that shock wave will just eat you again from nowhere. And you feel like, you feel cold, you feel that void again. And I was like so much eager to know how much, um, how you, you know, process it and how much that wave eats you it, at this moment, at this point. Yeah, it's almost, yet yeah, it comes all like, then, you know, after the obvious, I did mention the points that, yes, um, you know, I finally, I felt like this is it, accepting it. Um, she's never coming back, mm. right? But I wish, yes. I wish that was the end of it. Like you rightly pointed out, mm. like probably even days afterwards, I end up in tears again. Like, and that's the thing. Most of this mm. time, no, no one really sees me crying because that's me. I always try to toughen up. I always try to just deal with myself. I don't like to kind of put my problems or issues on anyone, right? I doubt any of my yes. friends in secondary school probably even saw me cry about this, like, you know, then. Because it's, it's those moments where I just get to be alone and I just obviously get hit with this whole thing again. And that's the thing. You can't control mm. these emotions a lot of times, but you have to let them out. And I think that's really important. Don't bottle it in in terms of like, I have to toughen up. Yes, even while you're saying you need to mm. accept this situation, when those emotions yes. hit, hit you, right, you need to be able to let them out, right? Because it's, you, it's yes. your body trying to naturally heal it. It's your emotions trying to basically put themselves in place, right? So when those, mm. when those times come, I think for me, I think what really worked well for me was that, yeah, when I felt like emotionally exhausted and void, I just let those tears run honestly and it, and it mm, happened mm. a lot of times a lot of times do you get what i'm trying to say but but the point but the point yeah. is naturally i didn't know that i was actually going through my healing process right because then mm. i think as time went on right and then i started feeling a lot better i started appreciating life even more right but then when mm. i start when i feel like i'm getting better like i'm getting up there then that drop comes again where you feel like wow like she's gone <laughs> Even after two, yeah, you feel you feel you feel that cold. Yeah, even yeah. after two, three years, and I just again, I mm. just put myself wherever I am, maybe in my room, and I just process those things like, wow, okay, and then that's the thing. I then I think also the blessing was that God helped me to then focus on other things that were worth appreciating in life. Do you get what I'm trying to say? So, for example, yes, even yes, sometimes yes. that I had like a close friend, then she would call me to say, yo, are you all right? Blah, 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 blah. And those relationships mm. and my sister, those little things, like, for example, my sister, like, she's like significantly, significantly older than me, right? And then she would buy me some, mm. <laughs> she would buy me like small chops, like gala and all these kind of things. Mm. And then those, those moments yes. of love and affection, just, those are the things I really was holding on to, right? In terms of, like I said, mm. my fa my other family members had to be like the support st structure for me, and uh, and yeah, so I just appreciated those moments even more. So I get I got very close to uh, my sisters as well, right? So like, but yeah. but but yeah, so I started appreciating those things more. My friends at school and stuff like that, I started appreciating them mm. more. You know, started spending more time with them, and 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 yeah, you know, those were some of the things that got got, got me through those those times. You know, even despite the fact that, yes, on one day, one night, you might end up in this very dark place where you're just like questioning the meaning of life that why would this woman die? Yeah. Why was she the one to die? Yes. Like, why? How? Of yes. all people, right? You're asking mm -hmm. so much questions. And then I just learned mm -hmm. that, yeah, God will never answer. <laughs> sure, most times God will never answer those questions. Do you get so yes. I think from yes. that point on, I started understanding some, you know, some spiritual principles. And uh, like I said, I then started appreciating. So after the night, cry myself to bed and uh, wake up the next morning. I see my friends and yeah, you know, good vibes again. <laughs> <laughs> 
But yeah. then I appreciated them even <laughs> yeah. more. So I I, I just did mm. enjoying time, enjoying spending time uh, with some certain friends, with family members and things like that. And those things had a lot more meaning to me because I know that at the end of the day, mm. these things are temporary. You never know when you would lose someone again. You never know. So it changed my yes. perspective. Yes. So I'm even till now, when I'm spending time with friends, right? As much as a lot of times mm. people think like I'm a man of time, that I'm always checking my time, or I need to do this, I need to... No, those times are actually spend with family and friends they mean so much to me so much because that mm. is what life is all about right god has given us this yes. gift of family and friends if you have one anyway to be able to enjoy right mm. and you know right now yes. they have a lot more meaning to me because it's not going to last forever these people you see now they're not ever going to mm. be it's just a sad truth about life right and again it gave me a yeah, new meaning true. to life as well that Yes, even though you might aspire that I want to be the youngest CEO, I want to be this, I want to be that at this age, at that time. It's good, mm. but there are mm-hmm. so, there's so much more to life. So much more. Do you get? Yes, yes. Yeah, I understand. Yeah, so I think it, it opened up different dimensions and different things in my yeah, in my mm. head. Mm. Thank, thank you. Thank you so much for sharing that with me. In a, in a previous episode of mine, I talked about, you know, appreciating the support system owners around uh, your yourself. Like your friends or your family, they help in a lot of situations, and and yeah, I'm able to like take that from you again, f- to you know, as an affirmation that yeah, this is yeah, support system is very very important because I'm I'm you know learning that at th- at this moment to you know appreciate you know the people around me and make use of the make the best use of the time with them, yeah. 100%, Thank you so much for that. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely, brother. Yeah, like honestly, we we should appreciate our friends and family more often. Like honestly. Because God has really blessed us with such people to be able to, you know, help us out in, you know, different situations. So um, now I would love to, you know, switch it up a little bit and go into something much more, you know, professional and serious, if that's okay. <laughs> sure, sure, so, sure. Absolutely. So, yeah. <laughs> Happy to contribute. Happy to contribute my two cents. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Still yeah. a very, very young career, obviously, but, you know, I'm happy to um, give give my two cents of course i mean two cents are very important i mean <laughs> that's, what, that's what you start that's what you start building up your millions and billions of pounds stylings or something uh, exactly or coming dollars. soon <laughs> <laughs> yeah so, so you know my, my question is uh, what's on my mind now is like um you know i have a quite i have um you know some ideas for example i have quite a number of ideas but I don't know how to sell it to the market. Like they're just in my head, playing or in my notepad, just lying down, around, lying around. And um, as a product manager that you are, uh, can you like give me yep. some tips on how to, you know, turn these ideas into products and how to successfully, you know, find the right market for them? Are there tips you can give me or people out there that have lots of ideas, load of ideas? Yes, yes, abs- abs- absolutely. Again, I'm going to talk about. I'm going to talk about it from a perspective of, as you mentioned, a product manager in which my job is to successfully take a product to market and learn about every, you know, all the variables and things involved in that process, right? And yes. I'm also going to talk from the perspective of um, someone who has failed quite a few times mm. <laughs> in terms of bringing some ideas into market and, and things like that. So yeah. I, I would say the first thing is to be very honest with yourself. Be very frank. Any idea you have, take yourself out from that bubble. Because a lot of times you have this idea and you just start feeling, wow, this is the best thing in sliced bread, right? This is a great <laughs> idea. I'm just going to do it. Honestly, mm. most times they're not. It's not. <laughs> Be very mm. honest. Like, So, again, using Toby's stem, take a moment, pause and reflect. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> reflect on your idea to actually say, okay, right, this idea that I have, right? 
be brutally honest, what are, what are the positives about it and what are the negatives, right? Mm. And that is the first part. Trash out the idea yourself before you even probably share it. Know what the pros and cons are, right? Mm. Look at how practical and, and uh, how practical and realistic it is, right? Be very pragmatic. Yes. Yeah. And then the second step is then it depends on what your goal is, right? If your goal is to launch a commercially viable uh, product or service or you want the idea to be commercially viable, yes. then it's a different, it's a different consideration. Mm. If you want to have it as a hobby or you don't want to make any money from it, it's a different, again, different, different topic entirely, right? Mm-hmm. But assume an, an average person now where we have this age of entrepreneurship kicking in and everyone wants to kind of put their ideas out there and want to make money from it, right? Yes. So from that perspective, it is all about the customers. And mm. generally, that's just, it is all about the customers. Mm. You need to think from the perspective of the customers. Yes, I know a lot of times as the owner of the idea, you tend to think about, um, you know, uh, things from your own perspective all the time. Why the yeah. product is so great or why the service is so great. You always tend to see all the good things about it, right? Mm-hmm. But think about it from the perspective of the customer in mm. terms of like, why should the customer care in the first place? Why should people even care about your product or service? Why would they even want to use it in the first place? Those are the questions you need to try to answer first, right? You need to go through that process. And and again, it could be at different scales. Even whilst I was working as a design engineer at um, at this innovation company, a lot of times I look at my design and I'm like, how would the manufacturing team perceive this you know solution would it make life easier for them would it make life more difficult is it even realistic in the first place right and again it applies to taking an idea to market as well thinking about it doing your homework in terms of how viable is this commercially right Mm. and you could then do some mini tests even if you're selling i don't know wig you want to start selling wig or you want to start you know you want to go into fashion right yeah, and uh, these things could be at different levels, right? It's not it's not necessarily rocket science uh, or for very big products and things. It could be simple things like you want to you're selling wigs or you're selling chocolates or you're selling snacks or you're selling you, you at a small scale. The testing could be like just give some of these prototypes or you know most times the prototypes are better than the ideas because at least people are able to visualize it more, right? Um, so hand you over to friends, family, right? Just see their reaction. Not necessarily what they say. See their reaction, right? Because sometimes the the reaction or the emotions on people's faces and stuff will probably tell you, you know, the, the truth about the situation more than what they say sometimes. Because some, sometimes one thing I've noticed is that family and friends, they don't want to hurt you and things like that, right? So, but it is important to always test the um, idea in the first place. You know, test it out, see people's reaction, see if you're actually solving a problem or if you're creating value for people at all right if people see your let's say if people see your your clothings or if they see like your wigs for example and they feel like actually there's someone out there who makes it like way cheaper and the thing looks better than your own they're already questioning so what why exactly should we buy from you and then at that point it starts to become as though it's like charity and charity in the sense that you're then begging people f- to want your products to buy it and then you start you, you not start calling everybody haters like haters they're not supporting <laughs> me they're not supporting my idea can you imagine what kind of friends do i yeah. have honestly you need to mm. reflect as well that trust me if you are if, if you have done your own work in terms of validating your idea and things like that people yes. who naturally support do you get yes i'm not saying Absolutely. that it won't happen that even though your idea is like very good and it might happen that your family wouldn't even still support 
fine, right? But I'm just saying that mm. a lot of times, actually, if something is good, you will see that support naturally, right? People, yes, it yes. might not be much, but you see a few people that will validate it for you to say, wow, I've always, I've always had this issue, you know? Let's, again, I don't know why I keep saying weeks, but maybe that's because that's what I see on Instagram a lot. For a lot of mm. um, entrepreneurs now, everyone's selling wigs, selling chocolate, selling different things, right? It might be like, wow, this wig, yeah, for some reason, it might be like this wig, for example, it's not... For some reason, yeah, it's it's it doesn't fit well, and then you've been able to solve that problem by doing it some in some amazing way, right? Mm. That's a good value. Yes. And someone actually tries you on and, and is like, wow, this fits so nicely. I can wear this to the pool, I can wear it to the beach without feeling worried that this is gonna come off, right? Then mm-hmm. that is a validation to say you have something here. Do you get what I'm trying to say? And the whole yeah. point for this is like it's all about the customer. Customer, customer, customer. If you create value and you solve problems for them, genuinely, like you will do you will do well for yourself. You validating your idea and knowing that there's something there in the first place, right? Is like a first mm. step. It's not gonna be perfect. You're not gonna get it everything right first time, right? But fundamentally knowing that this thing could you know has like a potential and validating it with even if it's friends and family, that's always yeah. the first step, right? And then the other step yes. is then how do I then make this commercially successful in terms of now you're looking for like suppliers and you're looking for um, collaborators for the for the idea. Do you get what I'm trying to say? So people that would help to get it out there. So in terms of if you're going to create a social media page and so the process involved, now that's the next question. Mm-hmm. But I think most times, right, um, first of all, the process of validation of process of validating an idea right uh, rather is always like the difficult part in terms of actually yes you know systematically knowing that there's something here to work to work with right mm-hmm. and pushing this forward mm-hmm. it's always very difficult generally but but yeah mm-hmm. i think one tip i would give from like the, the one focus and i would keep mentioning for in terms of yeah. uh, getting an idea out there to people is it's all about the customer it's all about the audience even even for mm-hmm. things like podcast and anything that you can think about it's all about knowing who you're targeting and you know yes. understanding them understanding their pain points and yeah just making sure you are delivering what, what they want mm. wow and um how, how do you um what, what's your take on you know this kind of belief that people i read a lot that um okay just just do you right just put your idea out there and people, your customer will come and meet you like just be, be be consistent or um just you know be 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 intentionally persistent or something like that and for sure you'll find your customer. What was your take on that? <laughs> well, I think, I, feel, <laughs> I, I wish it was as easy as that, right? Yes, mm. it's always a very good step to always put, you know, just put your idea out there. It's good, but you need to mm. do it in a very systematic way. You can't just take an idea and throw it out there and just start pouring in resources and time and things and seeing how. Now, a lot of times you should actually organize it well. And, you know, there's this, um, there's this book called uh, The Lean Startup by Eric um, Rice or some, I can't even remember, or Reese, I can't remember his surname, right? But very popular mm. book, The Lean Startup, that kind of gives like very interesting techniques on how you can actually go about this process, that systematic process, right? And what I mean by that yeah. in summary is like, there's this process about, he, he emphasized in his book, which is build, measure, and learn, right? So which yeah. is anything you want to do, you have to be, um, intentional about it, right? Even if you have an idea you want to test, right? Do your own work fundamentally. Is anyone else doing this thing? Competitor analysis. Is anyone else doing this thing? I mean, what are the advantages and disadvantages of this thing off the top of my head? Those things, those boxes need to be checked. 
Because if you, you need to do those background work first before you then start to just pushing it. Do you get what I'm trying to say? Else, yes. it's gonna, it's, it's gonna, you're not gonna like, most times you're not gonna like what you see. Because you might even end mm. up losing some friends and go, because you feel like, mm. oh, they've been very harsh to you, but then you feel like the haters and again, oh man, it's, it's not always very nice at the end of the day. So it's better for you to do some homework first before you actually, yeah. but I completely agree that you shouldn't be overly critical and, and, and detailed in terms of just overthinking things. Do the fundamentals and put it out there. Because a lot of times, that's always the problem. If you don't put anything out there, then how would you even know if it's worth it or not? Yes. Mm. Yeah. 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 Wow. That, that, thank you for that. <laughs> so, you know, sometimes, yeah, we, you know, this idea is mostly abstract, right? Like, it's just, yes. in, your, it's just in your head. Yes. How, how do I, you know, take it from me just for, for, the, first, for the first sketch, initial, for the initial stage, how do I take it from thinking about it to, you know, actually forming it into something I can touch, like a product, before I can even okay. show it to my friends to say, okay, this is what I am, this is what I am trying to do. You know, sometimes you, you try to narrate an idea to people and like, mm, I don't really get that picture. I don't really understand what you're yeah. saying. But then you, know, you try to take that, that abstract idea, you know, combine it together and form it in some ways to something physical, something tangible that people can really see and say, oh, I get, and I get what you're trying to explain. How do you do that? So, yeah, good, good, good question. Great question. And again, because products and services that all like <laughs> lots of different examples, right? So mm. at, 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 at different levels, so I'd give an example of, let's say if it's a physical product, like again, like uh, normal electromechanical product or like a bag or clothing and stuff, right? One thing that's common yes. to all these things, it's basically called the MVP, which is the minimum viable product, right? Which is, like the very minimum products you need to be able to fundamentally demonstrate the whole vision for the product, right? Which means yes. it's not like, um, that is not a finished product. It's just to basically demonstrate. So in terms of how you then need to approach that, so as the, as the name implies, the minimum viable product. So the, I'll take the first word, which is minimum, right? Wait, mm. What is the minimum thing you need to do to be able to show people like something that is somewhat working? Right, and mm. if it's something very complex, sure, even if you can use storyboards, right, and in which you can sketch things on the storyboard, like on a storyboard or like a flip chart, right. If it's like a yes. service to say, imagine you uh, you want like a drive-through cinema or something like that, right. You can mm. sketch it on a storyboard or something like that. Have it on a flip chart, yeah, and you can talk to your friends. In terms of like, imagine you walked into this, you show them the first slide, right, like with visual. Yes visual like cues and stuff you flip to the second mm. stage and then this person welcomes you blah blah blah, blah because you're taking them through that journey right yes and yes. then they're able to mm -hmm. see exactly what you're saying and the same applies to mm. physical products if you're able to sketch it out and sh also show via like storyboard like how potential people use the products that is a very yeah. good one the second one is if you're able to get get a prototype of even if it's like a hardware sort of products like right now mm. you have um 3d printers everywhere 3d printing companies and the cost is also dropping as well and even mm. now if it's something that you're very passionate about 3d printers price well 3d printer prices are also dropping as well right so it's mm. something you can um purchase because sometimes it's, it's actually cheaper to get like a 3d printer than actually be sending it to 3d printing companies to do for you um so mm. so yeah, yeah try to get it on free 3d printer if it's even if it's like a like some in some crazy air clips or something like that like yeah <laughs> yeah. You, yeah yeah 3d printing you can demonstrate it to show like this is it this is how you work with it and stuff like that and like i said mm. it's a minimum right don't overcomplicate it don't try to add all the features in the world you should demonstrate yes. like i said fundamentally what you're trying to communicate mm. yes yes 
the basic visualization of your idea actually yes yes so i think for example storyboards help a lot more than you just talking you know through the whole thing show them <laughs> yeah. show someone getting through the entrance of whatever thing you're saying for example like i said a drive-through cinema or something right you show them mm. how the person is paying with a card or if this person would need a particular card or a particular chip sure show just demonstrate the full process yeah yeah that's wow. the very first step and, and from there you can then start on a very small scale like again the very minimum like number of tills you will need or for example or the number of um you know people that you need to get it started and stuff like that and then mm. at that point you're starting to then do all the back-end calculation and stuff but before you even get to that process of the second phase of minimal viable products you need mm. to validate that first one that storyboard first in terms of does it make sense to people the people sound excited about it do you get because it's that yes, learning that is important. You need to learn from it in terms of what do people like about this initial thing and what do people not like. Because if they mm. don't like some certain things, and it might just be as a result of your storyboard not communicating that bit well, which is not a problem. Yeah. But if it's fundamentally yes. like a problem to like um, your you know basic assumptions, then you need to obviously then look and reflect and uh, yeah, just see how you can basically strategize again. Yeah. Wow, <laughs> thank you so much for that. You know, now, now I've, I've, I've gotten this idea, right? I've visualized it. My, my friends or people I've shown have said, yes, it's perfect, it's good. Go ahead with it. It's, it's a very good idea, right? Yeah. Then, you know, I started very, with basic, as a very small minimum amount. I'm selling it to the market. You know, as um, this is the kind of belief I have that, you know, um, someone, that is, someone that is a winner will never stop, you never give up on life. But then I've been, uh, of recent, I've been, you know, stuff like, um, when something's not working for you, a winner will actually stop and, you know, re-strategize and, you know, maybe try something else. So what's, what's your take on that? Should I, should I, you know, if I'm selling my product, for example, and I'm finding out that ah, this thing is not really moving as I thought it to move, should I, well, at what point should I say, I'm going to stop, I'm going to pause, <laughs> and I'm going to like, go and rethink again and say, okay, maybe this is not the right thing for me to do. Maybe I have to, you know, go back to the drawing room and, you know, redraw everything and come back again. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I think like you rightly <laughs> pointed out, it's important to pause and reflect, definitely. Because yeah. yes, you, yeah, again, it's the common thing now that never give up, just continue doing what you're doing, just do you, right? Which is good, mm. but they could be toxic yeah. in some ways, right? What does do mm. you even mean in the first place? Or <laughs> yeah. what does it mean not to give up? If everyone hates mm. like what you're selling and then you're just tagging it as, oh, you know, people are just not seeing any value in it or, you know, I'm just going to look for new people then. Yeah, you should probably genuinely sit down and actually think about it again. And the reason why I say that is this. The whole point of, you know, getting the minimum out there and, like I said, emphasizing on learning is because you always need to figure out why. That's the whole point of this thing, right? If people are not buying your product and if it's not doing well, don't just give up, right? Pause and reflect. And what I mean by that is you need to understand why that is the case. Why are they not buying your products? Why are they not buying your cakes? Why are they not buying your shoes, right? Is it because after like two, after like uh, a couple of times of, uh, of wearing your shoes, people just, like the shoe just rips apart, uh, apart and stuff like that. Those kind of things are things you need to, you know, identify. Do you get because um, at, at the end of the day, right, um, there's always a reason most times for all these things. If people are not buying your shoes, also, then you need to look at things like your marketing strategy, the, the message you're putting out there. Is it that people are finding issues or people are just having some preconceptions about your shoes that, uh, yeah, it looks fake, it looks cheap and all these sort of things. Those are the questions you need to find out. You need to find answers to first before you give up. So you can't just, so you can't just say, oh, yeah, I'm going to like, or just give up 
uh, without knowing like uh, a reason for it. Then if you find out those reasons are very valid, like, okay, people just feel like this idea for, or the fundamentals of this idea doesn't just make sense. So for example, why would I, I'm, and I'm using drive-through cinema because again, let's say like, I just, that's just a completely random idea where people just walk, drive through this, I don't know, this random tunnel for like a five minutes movie or something like that. Yeah. Like just say, yeah. people are just not interested in that. Like, why the why the hell would I want to watch a five minutes movie whilst I'm driving? That's just very like wow, that's just terrible, right? And then, yeah. then they might feel like okay, at that point, it's mm. like fundamentally, the idea is no, it's no, it's not working, right? The customers don't like it. Yeah, or your yeah. potential customers are not going for it. So that means you mm. need to sit down and then think that are there elements of it that people actually like? Do you get? Mm. So yes. It might be that sometimes you might have some product where you let's say for example you're selling like skirts with like skirts with belt right so at mm. some point people might not like your skirt but they might like your belt right so in your yeah, feedback yeah. they might tell you things like yeah i like this skirt but you know i don't just feel it but your belt yeah can i keep it please or i like i just <laughs> right. i yeah. wear it with different and that that's another moment where you feel like wow so they don't like the skirts, but they actually like the belts, right? And in mm. the business world, that's what they call like, or the, or the world of entrepreneurs, they call that pivoting, right? So pivoting is pretty much mm. you changing your direction, right? It can be the direction of your strategy or the direction of like your overall vision, right? So you might feel like, actually, yes. since people actually like my belt, why don't I just focus on belts? Do you get what I'm trying to say? Mm. Yes, yes. Yes, yes. Mm -hmm. So those are the points you need to actually pause, reflect and see what is wrong with the idea fundamentally pick out the good yeah. ones and drop the bad ones and again retry yes so yeah. the key is don't give up just you know retry as in yeah. the the actual the actual um word from that um a winner never gives up is like you, it's not that you don't pause and you know re-strategize or um rethink your 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 process or stuff like that is that um you don't you don't give up actually but you you try, you try to refine yourself in some ways and make your stuff or your products better absolutely absolutely mm. absolutely don't mm. don't keep fighting with everyone you know and don't don't force it on people you get it's like <laughs> yeah just keep yeah. trying keep learning and try that learning is important because if you're learning why things are you know the way they are then that's where it's a lot more productive and you're able to know what to do next easily other than modeling yeah. everything up you just put your products out there you don't know why people are not buying it and you're just going for the same thing over and over and over again that way, mm. there's no way you can get new results. It's just what it is, you know. But like you rightly yeah. pointed out, the, the next thing to do is to reflect and, you know, figure out new ways of uh, of achieving what you want to achieve. Mm. Yes, awesome. So uh, <laughs> I've learned a lot from you already. And now I just want to take you back to a much more personal uh, stuff. I just want to know, you know, the name of this podcast is um, Mirror Talk. And, um, you know, we have this kind of, you know, Mirror is about, you know, reflecting and, it could be a physical mirror. It could be yeah, any other medium of, of reflecting on life and stuff. So um, I would love to know from you as a friend, what are those, like, do you, do you stand in front of a mirror to reflect or do you have other medium or things that make you reflect on life or reflect on things that, you know, that your journey so far or things that have happened to you in the past or things that brought you to the point you are currently? I, I mean, like, generally, I, I think... Um... I have different go-tos generally if I want to like reflect and you know just take a moment to think, right? And and mm. so for example, for me it's walking. A lot of times I just go for a walk, right? 
Or instead mm. of instead of taking like public transport, or taking like a ta- uh, taxi or driving, I just go for a walk. Cause a lot of times when I'm walking, like naturally my brain processes like a lot faster, right? Yeah. Um. Yeah. So that that point, it just, when I just go for a walk, naturally my brain just engages, my mind engages with different things, and I just I'm able to like process things a, a lot more, right? And mm. um, and that really helps me compared to if I'm just sitting down or something. If I'm sitting down or something, I would find something to do for sure. Yes. Like before you know yes. it, like I yes. get tied up with my computer or pressing, and then after like a week, I've actually not reflected or even had a moment to myself or anything like that because at the end of the day, there's mm. so much to do right now. You know, these tech mm. companies, they're all trying to steal our attention. So go for a walk. <laughs> sometimes I plug in like music. Sometimes I don't. I just walk and just think. I just enjoy nature and all those sort of mm. things. Yeah. And, 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 and also it's, it's through talking, it's by talking to people as well, right? So yeah, having great conversations with friends, with family. And that way, it just kind of, they, a lot of times, they just hit like a very important point, a very interesting point. And I just, I just take a moment to actually think about it. That, wow, this is just, this is really interesting. And after that conversation, mm. I'm so undernaturally, I'll just sit down to take a moment to actually think about it a bit more. That, wow, this is actually a very great point. Or this is actually something I need to consider and all this sort of stuff. So, but generally, I, I think for everyone has, everyone has like, um, you know, that go-to uh, sort of activity or thing that helps them to actually reflect. So I know that different uh, different um, people out there, a lot of successful people out there, founders of companies and things, they all have their, their different go-to. So I know some people, they have like very massive gardens and they like to just spend time in the garden because it helps them to like process, you know, their thoughts a lot more and things like that. But yeah, I think it's, it's all down to every individual to find their own sort of go-to. Awesome. Thank you so much for your time, um, John Alimi. I really appreciate this. I mean, this has been an amazing conversation with you. I've learned a whole lot from you today. Thank you so much. <laughs> thank, thank you so much once again, Toby. Honestly, it was uh, great to yeah, join you in this uh, podcast. And yeah, it's been very enjoyable for me personally. And honestly, I'm a huge fan of what you do. And yeah, keep doing it. It's awesome. And uh, yeah, uh, looking forward to more interesting uh, episodes that you're going to be putting out over the next uh, weeks and months. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. I am eternally grateful for your time, your love and contributions. You mean a lot to me. Thank you once again for listening and sharing with your loved ones. Don't forget to subscribe and follow this journey on Spotify, Apple Podcasts and other platforms in the description. Stay blessed.